morning, Sarah Hepler. Good morning, Nancy Rollman. How's it going over well, there? It's quite great. I mean, uh, though the news is terrible, we at least had a comedic beginning to try to start this episode. How many how many problems did we have just now? We had 99 problems. 99 problems here on the wall. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, the news is really newsifying this week. Yeah. Um, there's just been no end to it. Uh, in unrelated news, you have a birthday coming up. Oh, I do. I do. You I, do. You I, have a birthday coming up. I do. Um, it's funny. You're be 132 years I, old. Don't I look amazing for 132 yeah, years old? I know. Or yeah, I, you're putting yeah. those ladies on the Golden Bachelor of shame. Yeah, I'm telling you, I could get in there. I mean, I don't know if he'd like me the most, but he'd be like, dang, what about this one? Um, mm-hmm. she's, she's in the age range, but she's hanging in. Um, so yeah, Monday is my birthday. Uh, thanks for all the birthday wishes, everyone. Um, yeah, that's a, a presumptive close right there. <laughs> that's right. Hi, <laughs> thanks for, for coming. Um, yeah, yeah, we'll be, uh, um, Matt Walsh and I will be doing a, a little episode with Bill Schultz, kind of a special episode in the afternoon. And then I'm not sure what we're going to do. My daughter's flying in from LA that day. So we'll see. Uh, I, I have nothing big planned. I was going to make a cake, but um, things are just kind of nutty. And it's as though the, it just can't kind of schedule things the same way, nor in a way, it's not that I don't, feel festive. I do feel like being with people. I actually really, really do feel like mm-hmm. being with people. We've been talking about that the past couple of weeks. Um, but just let's see what happens. There's a lot of people that really kind of need to be together. And so we'll see. Maybe some of us will get together on, on Monday night. And um, yeah. I'm just going to mention that I, that I think I know the perfect gift for you. What, what is it? It's becoming a paid subscriber. That- that too. I thought you were gonna. I'm glad you didn't say something dirty like that one gift you once got me. Which <laughs> I, I would never say that. I would never tell. I would never tell. We're That's just between us. Word, but I have to tell you, Sarah, that they immediately went in the garbage because I couldn't understand how anybody could attach that to their body. So uh, sorry. I once. I just. I once gave Nancy a dirty gift from a d- store. Yeah. I guess, I guess it turns out to have been a novelty gift, but it was meant in, it was well-intentioned it was anyway. In the spirit of pleasure. Um, yeah. So anyway, I'm glad we're actually having a little smile here after our technical difficulties, because I got to tell you, man, it, I am, I am super worried. Yeah. Um, we've been talking obviously for the past couple of weeks since what happened in Israel on October 7th, there's obviously a lot of politicking, there's a lot of, um, you know, misreported news. We've covered that. Um, we've covered somewhat uh, what's going on on student campuses. Mm-hmm. That I am really uh, downhearted and 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 terrified to say has really ramped up. Now, of course, it could be what I'm seeing on my feeds or what's being reported, but it's definitely happening in New York City. Um, we had some students, some Jewish students that went into the library at Cooper Union a couple of nights ago because they were fearful and the librarian locked the door and there were people, I don't know, 40 or 50 people banging on the glass, um, sort of trying to get at them. The story was sort of later passed off as like, well, you know, maybe these 
to demonstrators were really just wanting to get into the library after hours. That's not what it was. They were shouting. <laughs> they were just desperate to check out a book at that hour. Yeah. Um, it, they, you know, we should say it was like there was like a five second video clip that was going around Twitter. And it was just enough to give you the context of a scary situation. Or I'm sorry, to give you a glimpse of a scary situation without giving you any of the context. Mm-hmm. Um you know, there were a few Jewish students um, in the library and meanwhile, just this banging outside. And we understood that this was uh, some kind of, you know, pro-Palestinian rally. Um, but it was it's very unclear. I mean, the, the New York Times did run a story about this. Uh, it was it was very. Um, I'm used the word anodyne. What the story was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's not surprising because the Times just at this point doesn't seem to want to. I I understand their ambition to be sort of fair. I get that. We, We all have to do that. But when you have 40 students banging on glass and shouting at Jewish students who have been locked in there for their own safety, I don't remember what they were shouting probably like from the river to the sea. The usual. Yeah, or something. I know, I saw a different clip from that. Well, now I'm getting all my clips confused. So I'm I'm scared to even say, I thought it was something about the Intifada, but I, I, I shouldn't, Worse. you know, it's like, I don't, everything's coming uh, disembodied by, by social media at this point. I'm getting all the, the protests confused. I, I'm feeling, um, you know, the New York Post, America's best newspaper, <laughs> covers things. You know, they, they 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 sometimes have a position on this, but they're 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 pretty outraged at what's been going on in the streets. They're they're covering it, at least from my point of view. Yes, they're somewhat inflamed, but I, I think okay, how do I phrase this? I think we are right to be inflamed and um worried. I do. So uh, last week, I believe, when we were speaking with Yale, uh, talked a little bit about um, how this sort of feels like a razor's edge. Like, which way, which way are things going to tip? And for the most part, you know, we live in America where it's very hard for us to be harmed. We've got these big oceans around us. We've got Canada mm-hmm. above, and Mexico hasn't really attacked, and we're pretty cosseted here, pretty safe. And the world's troubles. We can feel that we're involved in them, but they really don't touch us, which is sometimes give us license to just be idiotic. But in any case, I really well, and to be yeah, to be sort of not global citizens of the world, to believe that America is the center of all kind of global discourse. I mean, certainly, I've been guilty of not of just not paying attention. But Um, it's also very easy for us to say things and shout things because we're not going to suffer the consequences necessarily, right? Yes. So I felt, you know, I. I even felt a little premature, maybe saying that things kind of felt razor's edge, like which way is it going to tip? But I have to say, in the past couple of days, at least from my viewing, and I'm pretty much paying attention to this all the time, things are ramping up. There is a giant march in Brooklyn tomorrow, a pro-Palestinian march in Brooklyn at the Brooklyn Museum. Apparently, it was going to be in Crown Heights, which is, of course, has a huge, huge Orthodox population. Um, We had a scene that I I sent you this morning that Yale had sent me, 
a yeah. Tell me, tell me more about that. So this is a restaurant. I believe it's called Cleveland Nineteen. It's an Israeli restaurant. I went and ate there with Yale and uh, last year. And apparently, last night, some people who I don't think were just meant to be customers. I think they were anti-Israel people. Were trying to break into the restaurant and harm customers, and the police had to come. This is New York City. This is not. I mean, this is what I'm saying. Like. Am I premature in being really worried or is it actually in my city? It's in my city. It is in my city. Now, I believe, I believe very, very firmly that if you asked 100 random New Yorkers whether they were super cool, because frankly, Sarah, the people that are protesting, many of them pro-Palestinian protesters, are okay with what happened in Israel. They're okay with it. I'm not saying they absolutely love the fact that babies were killed. I'm not going to go that far. But they are okay with the slaughter because in their minds, well, I think it's complicated and I do want to talk about this. I think in their minds, Israel has been the oppressor. Palestine has been the oppressed. Ergo, Israel is the bad guys. And if bad things happen to bad people, well, that's the way it goes, okay? Okay. Maybe they say, you know, we've been waiting for 75 years for this to happen. I have a slightly additional theory here, which is that being oppressed for the past 10 or so years, especially on college campuses, has been has gotten people a lot of traction. Okay, you are either, you know, you are uh, you're a woman, you are uh, a minority, you are someone who feels that they have not been given a fair shake. And that has been paid a lot of attention to, especially on college campuses. And of course, a lot of the activists we're talking about are young. Well, when you've been the oppressed person and it has gotten you status, and we know that it has completely become part of the college curriculum, that they are going to make sure that people that feel they are oppressed, whether they're oppressed or not, whether they feel that they are oppressed, Certain allowances are going to be made, certain spaces are going to be made, whether it's microaggressions or it's DEI, whatever. Well, all of a sudden, you see people being slaughtered. And now they're the oppressed ones. The people that have been oppressed now, past 10 years, they don't want to give that up. They don't want somebody else to have that status now. And I don't think, and I wrote this on Twitter this morning, 1,400 dead isn't going to shake their belief. 6 million dead, not going to shake their belief. Because they are not, they they need to continue to be the oppressed and aggrieved party in order to feel as though they have, and in fact, do have some sort of status. They are never, ever going to see Jews or Israelis as victims. It's never going to happen. And I know this too, because I have been trying to be a good citizen here and do a little reading. Now, I, I, I said last week that I listened to Eli Lake's podcast when he was with Leon Weiseltier. Oh, uh, Weiseltier. Weiseltier. Yeah, and- the former editor at the New York, uh, I'm sorry, New Republic, and also the publisher of the, the literary journal uh, Liberties. And, I- and, you know, quite a learned person on this subject. You know, they had a really fascinating conversation. I listened to that. You know, some of this stuff is like over my head, all this discussion of Franz Fanon 
And, you know, I, I didn't know all this stuff. I never thought like, like for a really animated cultural debate, like I'm having to do all this academic research. I'm like, do people really know who Fanon is? Like, who is this? They do. They, I didn't, yeah, they do. but they do. And I have to, I think I said it to you, or I may, I've said it to someone personally this week that I, I find it so incredibly enriching. And I find, I can't believe I get to hang out like with these people and learn from them and listen to them. And I believe it was on that podcast that I heard about this little book. It was called Three Languages of Politics by Arnold Kling. It was put out by Cato. And it was basically uh, talking across the political divides. Now, I know very well from having covered activists in Portland that you cannot just go up to them and say, what are you doing? Like, why are you lighting that fire? Like, what's wrong with you? That is absolutely going to get you nowhere. So I thought, you know what? Since I want to try to be a good citizen here and I want above all to be useful here, whether it's like, thank you so much. Someone on Twitter today said that our podcast and and Ask a Jew and and uh, and uh, what was the other bar pod is or no, um, a special place in hell is, is making them feel sane. We get it. We get it. We listen to people. They also mentioned blocked and reported. Right, doctor. They we we know this because well, thank you so much. We know this because we other people do this for us. So if we can be useful here, that's all I want to do. In any case, a little summation here, uh, in terms of in the book, he's basically talking about there are three, there are three tribes of politics that he talks about, and there's the progressive side, and their kind of heuristic is oppressed and oppressor. There's the yeah. conservative side, and that is sort of like traditional slash like cannibalistic, right? So we're we, we you got to stick to traditions or everything's going to fall apart, right? And then the last one is libertarians, and they're basically about you know about liberty, right? Don't let, let people decide for themselves. I oh God, those are my only options. Well, they're not. He he's talking sort of about the the three main, and I had something here. I don't know why now. I'm looking like why did I why did I dog ear this page? I don't remember. Um, in any case, he was really talking about how to be a slow thinker as opposed to a reaction, you know, someone that reacts. Mm -hmm. And I, I know this is true. I know from, from covering the activists in Portland, some of them who were a little more organized than others, but most of them were not that you, they don't want to talk to you. They have their sort of, they have their lines and they have their dogma and they've got, and they're, they're, they're not willing to back up what they have to say, or maybe they can't back up what they have to say. And I thought when we're in this moment, we are going to be talking to people. I'm going to be talking to people. I'm going to be talking to people that I vehemently disagree with, but I'm not going to get anywhere if I shout at them. And I'm not going to get anywhere if I tell them that I think that they're acting monstrously. So I have to figure out how to actually talk to people or otherwise be useful in this moment. Because I've got to tell you, uh, Nellie Bowles, our dear friend over at Free Press, put out her TGIF, which everybody who's not subscribing should. I, I love her roundup every week. And she she titled it this week, It Got Worse. It got worse this week, Sarah. And that I find I find that really concerning, like really, really concerning. Did you see the thing that was linked in there that was from Columbia? It was a discussion around um, there had been a black 
I think black feminist or black, le- I'm sorry, black lesbian film night. And uh, this was at Columbia. I think I already said that. And uh, the, the person who ran it uh, had written, you know, this is for free Palestine, only no Zionists oh, yeah. invited. Um, and somebody had written back, you know, Hey, uh, I don't, I don't know that this is like a good way to be talking right now. Um, you know, there's a lot of Jewish students here and, uh, the, the woman had written back, you know, this very long sort of outrage. I can't believe you, you, you know, like you're a white woman talking to a black woman about how to speak, whatever. But she says in all capital letters, when I say the Holocaust wasn't special, I mean that. Yeah, that, that this is exactly what I said. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what to you. And I have to say, so that's actually like, I think a, a, a black lesbian group and someone called it the other, yeah. the other day, Lesbola, which is kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so I actually went the other night uh, to the NYU Hillel which is like a Jewish students organization there. And I went because there was a guy named Blake Flayton. I'm going to put a link here. He started an organization, I believe at uh, George Washington U- University a couple of years ago called the New Zionist Congress. Young people essentially getting together. And, you know, when I walked in, it was, it was I got to tell you, the spirit of cooperation in my experience when you get into a room with like a lot of Jewish kids is pretty incredible. Like you walk in and someone's setting this up and then the boys are putting tablecloths on the tables and everything's just sort of like rolling and you do this and I'll do this. And we basically sat there and he sat there and talked to these kids and he said, okay, let's talk. How's it been on campus? Not great. And these weren't just NYU students. There were some from um, Parsons and Hunter and other um, uh, an art school in New York City. And they all had experiences this week that weren't great. Like someone that was a friend of theirs, even the week before, now no longer wants to communicate with them or being afraid to wear your kippah or your yarmulke it, or the administration, like being like, well, you know, meanwhile, the administrations who've had you know, we, we can talk about this too. These administrations have painted themselves into a corner because they've had a political position on every single thing that's happened for the past couple of years because we're with our students. And now it's like, well, eh, I don't know. Can't really say anything here because we, we don't want to like ruffle anybody's feathers. And Blake was great. First of all, he's a trip. I, I think this kid or young man is fantastic. I'm going to hook him up with Yale. I think they're going to have, she's going to have him on Ask a Jew. But he's like, let, let, let's just be, he was really organized. He's like, not just we're bearing our souls. We're going to come up with plans. We're going to come up with strategies. And he's like, you got to stop looking to the administrations to help you. You just have to stop. I mean, these administrations are so bloated now in the past couple of years because yeah. of whatever, whether it's DEI or some kind of, I don't know. I don't, I don't pay a lot of attention to this, but the numbers are nutty. He's like, we need to take care of these things ourselves and let's just organize and let's come up with plans to make people feel safe. Um, we're all doing the same thing here in New York city. What is it like in Dallas? What are you, I mean, obviously New York city has the largest Jewish population outside of Israel. Okay. So clearly there's a lot of Jews here. And so this is where the heat's going to be. What are you, what are you seeing in Dallas? If anything? I mean, I, am. I, I, first of all, Dallas is so dis, you know, New York is that, is that dense urban population that you sort of can't avoid interacting with other people. Dallas is one of these sprawling 
you know, uh, car culture cities. There's not really anything to see in particular. I will tell you the crazy ass story that came out of my area uh, was not campus related at all. It was these uh, like a week ago, there was this video of these guys in literal Nazi garb, like literal like you know, people say like they're dressed up like Nazis. They're not really, you know, like this had like the brown shirt and the red armband at a Torchy's Tacos in uh, Fort Worth. By the way, Torchy's Tacos is like it's a cool place. I mean, it's it's like it's like there were there were people dressed like Nazis at the Sweet Greens. You know, it's just like it's like really, really mind blowing. I saw this video and I actually thought there's no way this can be real. Um, but it turns out it was they were part of this. Uh, there was there was a piece on Texas Tribune yesterday, where the the guy had kind of figured out had had figured out who these people were. They were from surrounding areas, Dallas, Fort Worth, Austin, um, and they were from something called like the Goyam, the Goyam Defense League, it Defense was- League or something like that. And they had been at Dickie's Arena, which is a music. Um, it's you know, it's like a big uh, stadium in in Fort Worth, handing out all these. I mean, like. When I say they're anti-Semitic, you know how like there's a lot of arguments over what is anti-Semitism. Like I think we can have an a, an interesting argument over whether anti-Zionism is actually anti-Semitism. Like should we equate those two things? Like there's a lot of things that we can we can wonder about. What is this? Was like the most, you know, like caricatures of Jews and a star of Israel uh, of David like on fire kind of stuff. Like there was there was absolutely no. There was no question. Um, and uh, it was, it was almost, I mean, I, I have to hesitate to say it was almost comic. It, it's not, it, it was almost comic because it was such a caricature of what you might think this is. It, it, it was that. And um, it's disgusting. They're jackasses. And I would laugh at them if there weren't this undercurrent of like, maybe we shouldn't be laughing at this. I don't know. I mean, look, there was a, the news was such this week that there was a mass shooting in Maine where the guy is still at large and we haven't even really addressed. We, we don't know yet what has prompted that. Um, we have some suspicions, you know, about his mental health or his back, but we just, we don't know. And we can't say. And when you talk about us being on the razor's edge, it just feels like, like all this stuff that is just boiling up. And I, anyway, that, that thing in Dallas, I mean, God, it's, it's, it's just unbelievable jackassery. And I don't know what to say about it. It's disgusting. I mean, it seems to me, I, I saw the little image that you sent me of those guys. You know, you see guys like this every once in a while, and they are inevitably like, wow, these, this is the master race. It's like, dude. No, yeah, these guys are total losers. It's, yeah. yeah. And, and I think, you know, you you hear about people that are, and look, I'm sure there are people that are much more organized and in better, you know, physical yeah. condition than these bozos. But these are people that just somehow feel I don't know, disenfranchised or like the world hasn't given them a fair shot. So I'm going to hate yeah. somebody. Who am I going to hate? Oh, I'm going to hate these people because, you know, that I then I feel like I'm allied with this great power that almost had a thousand year reign. I mean, it's it's just it's it's really pathetic. It w- is what it is. And then to do this in a Torchy's Tacos. Oh, OK. Hi, this is your Alamo. What the what is that? 
Like, what is that? Well, yeah, they were, they were just having lunch. I mean, the weird thing is, uh, you know, it pro. Uh, I do. I don't know what to say about the fact that guys could could eat unimpeded in Nazi garb in a Torchy's taco. I mean, by the way, Torchy's tacos came out and like very vehemently was like, yeah, fuck these guys. What was the thing? It was like this something. It was I can't remember. It was like shit. This shit ain't right. I don't know what it was, but it was like yeah. capital letters. I can't remember. Um, yeah, I think they just said fuck you know, fuck hatred or something yeah, like that. Hate. Yeah. For that. Yeah. Good fuck for hate. That. Yeah. See, they don't have a problem coming out with a statement. So funny, mm. isn't it? So funny that the fucking manager at Torchy's Tacos can come out with a statement. But I don't know. At Columbia University, not so sure. Not really so I know. sure. I'm, I'm going to say again, uh, I just don't think colleges should be in the business of of making those statements. And so even though I understand the the despair that people feel over the lack of statements, it's like, I would like to see this turn a corner so that they can start to see the value of political neutrality. I, I, I'm with you. I mean, how is this going to happen? So one way is, you know, another donor I saw actually from Columbia today, I don't remember his name, but his parents were, I think, uh, Polish Holocaust survivors. He's given $50 million to Columbia over the years. He was on Fox News. I saw a clip uh, on the Twitter machine, which I guess we're supposed to call X, but which I will always call Twitter, um, saying, uh, no, not giving them any more money till they till they change their ways. $50 million is a lot of money. And mm -hmm. I think once you get people, and we've seen it sometimes in more sort of uh, let's shame people ways, uh, and sometimes just like, I'm not doing this. I I have zero problem with people taking their money from a university because they don't like what's going on. I think that's actually, I think that's a pretty good statement. And I think mm -hmm. that, you know, these universities, which have endowment funds in the billions, if they see enough people saying, no, we do not like this, or exactly like you're saying, no, we don't need these statements from you every time somebody, you know, farts, right? We need, um, so an article, did you send me the article from the Atlantic by this guy, Tyler? Oh, I did. I, I really liked that piece this I, week and it didn't get a lot of pickup and I was surprised because I really liked it. It's called what conservatives misunderstand about radicalism as, at universities. I'm going to tell you one reason why it didn't get traction because that's not a good headline. Sarah, Sarah, it's not a good headline, not, not a good headline. And it does not reflect really what the piece is about. And if Sarah, that's, I, I'm going to yeah. let our, our listeners know this is episode number 97, something like that. I think every single episode except for one or maybe two, Sarah Heppola has written our headlines because she's extremely good at this. And I'm kind of like with my thumb in my mouth. Um, but it's a bad headline. And it's a fascinating article. And it's an angry article, but properly angry and properly couched. And he knows of what he speaks. And he's a terrific writer. But it sort of circles back to what we were saying earlier about people that have become radical on campus, which, oh, oops, 50% of people, I think he said at Yale, Harvard, and something. Hello, Smoke We've Got em listeners. If you are hearing this, that means you have just listened to the free portion of our, oh, I don't know, biweekly episodes with Sarah Heppola. Sarah Heppola, who's just so busy right now, she could not record this little uh, 
interim moment for you. Um, we're happy to have you here as a free subscriber. If you'd like the entire episodes, please go over to smokeempodcast.substack.com and sign up and subscribe. Then you will get the full episodes every week, plus some special things we drop for you on the weekends and our monthly, our first Sunday Zooms. Again, to get the full fig, that is smokeempodcast.substack.com. Thanks.